Day four, Fizz and Indy, we have made it. Gil Gross, Matt Bonaparte, uh, very glad that we are, are still on the train after a, a big win over San Diego State, which we, we broke down last night. And now it's time to look ahead to West Virginia, which is going to be a 5-15 tip-off at, at Bank uh, – What it's where the Pacers play. What's it called? Banker's Bank, Life. Banker's Life. Thank you. That's why it's a two-person show. Um, <laughs> so we're going to get into this matchup. Uh, they beat Moorhead State pretty comfortably in the first round. Bones, what do you think is the most important thing for Syracuse fans to know heading into this game against the Mountaineers? Well, just personnel-wise, you've got to look to the middle, and that's Derek Culver, their big man. He's 6'10", he's 255 pounds, he can score on the inside, and he can rebound. And, and fun fact, he played with Buddy Beheim, as I'm sure many people know now, at Brewster Academy, so former teammates playing against each other in the national tournament. That's pretty cool. But if, if Syracuse is going to lose this game, I think it's because Culver takes over in the middle, bullies Beheim, or bullies Dolezal, and uh, – probably a Jesse Edwards that comes in for relief. If Syracuse can somehow prevent him from doing that, I think that the Orange have a real shot at winning this game and moving on to the Sweet 16. Yeah, he's first team all Big 12. He averages about 15 and 10. Absolute menace down low. And just such a step up from what the Aztecs brought to the table in Nathan Mensa at the five. I mean, this is just kind of a, a team that has a different makeup. And while... Yes, West Virginia does shoot the three ball well. They have a significantly scarier inside presence because of what Derek Culver does. And that's just a game changer against the 2-3. Yeah, and this West Virginia team is not one that we've really seen in years past. We heard Beheim talk about it last night after the game. They can shoot the ball really well. That's not really something the Mountaineers have been able to do so much in the past. We can't go without talking about Miles McBride. He scored 30 points in that game that they won over Moorhead State in the round of 64. They also have Jalen Bridges who can shoot the lights out. They've got guys around the perimeter who can shoot. So they have guys who can uh, really provide some backup for Culver if he doesn't end up having the game that they need him to be having. It's basically shooters around Culver. And some of these guys are, are, are really efficient. Jalen Bridges is 11th in Ken Palm offensive rating, which, which really jumps off the screen. I mean, in order to be that high in, in this metric, that means you're not turning the ball over. When you're shooting the ball, you're making it. You are tallying some assists as well at, at a decent rate. I mean, you, you're doing a lot of really good things. And I think the key what we saw against San Diego state is they just got kind of lulled into settling for threes and West Virginia is a team that just goes inside way more. And the, the big kind of telltale sign to see how well the zone is working is can you keep the Mountaineers to the outside or are they going to penetrate like they have uh, like they have done successfully all season. They get to the line a ton. That's an interesting thing to watch for me is what, will that continue and will West Virginia have success driving and drawing fouls? Yeah, I'm going to be really interested in to see how they attack the zone. We've talked about it a couple times on these FizzCasts about how the zone is really great when it comes to turning time because teams don't have a good chance to learn it, especially in the later rounds. You only get a couple days like this game. You only get a couple days after they beat Moorhead State to now learn the 2-3 zone and see what Syracuse brings to the table on defense. We saw San Diego State 
struggle in the beginning of the game and then just get stifled by the 2-3 zone. And that's really what was their downfall. You can talk about Buddy Bayheim all you want, but I think even if he doesn't put up 30 points in that game, San Diego State loses just because they couldn't get any offense against the zone. So After the adjustment. Yeah, exactly. After Syracuse adjusted, they brought the forwards up, and and it was lights out from there. Yeah, and and Huggins has seen the zone. He's played – he's coached in the Big East for a while, now in the the Big 12, so he knows what to to see. So – it's kind of like not exactly a Coach K matchup where he knows exactly what the T needs to do to take on the zone, but he knows what's coming. This isn't new for, for Huggins, and he's a great coach. Yeah, on face value, I feel like West Virginia is pretty well positioned as far as teams go to, to play the 2-3 zone on one day of prep. What better coach can you ask for, other than obviously an ACC coach who would be very, very familiar with, with the modern Syracuse 2-3 zone. But outside of that, Bob Huggins is a guy, as you said, has seen this zone a bunch of times as both a a player, really, um, and a coach, and just has a a great veteran savvy about him. And and his comfort level will will rub off on his team. And he was asked about that one day resting. And he said, look, I'd be concerned if we weren't perfectly built to handle this 2-3 zone. And having... Derek Culver in the middle and four capable shooters pretty much at all times in all lineups around him. You know, that kind of confidence really, really resonated with me. I don't think West Virginia is going to be really scared of, of the Syracuse two, three, because I think from the top with Bob Huggins down, they are kind of exuding confidence. Yeah. And I want to talk about Huggins as a coach for a second. I mean, when you talk about him, he's the uh, ultimate chameleon. He doesn't talk, he doesn't and try and fit him into one. His fast paced offense. You've got Tony Bennett with the slow paced offense. He doesn't do any of that. He just takes, sees what he's gotten in his talent and he, he makes something out of it. When he started to struggle in the big 12, they turn into the West or the, the press Virginia. You saw the, the, the full court press, being uh, played about 40% of the game. So they got used to be being that team that presses full dime down the court about half of the game. They don't do that anymore because they don't have the, the, the personnel for it. So Huggins is the kind of guy that is going to take what he's got in his talent and find out what they need to do to win. Javon Carter left this team. He was, you know, the guy who ran the press. He was fast. He, he played great defense. He was the, the front man for it. And now he's gone. He graduated and they got to find another way to win. And guess where they are? They're in the, uh, the NCAA tournament as a three seed. He's super impressive. West Virginia's been in the Sweet 16 three out of the last five tournaments, not years, but tournaments. So this is a Mountaineers program that, and yes, they've been upset on a couple of occasions as well as a high seed. Uh, so it, it hasn't been smooth sailing, but yeah, Bob Huggins is is admirable at the at the highest rate really one thing that really concerns me looking at just the Ken Palm stats is West Virginia's offensive rebounding percentage they're at above 35 percent 12th in the country in offensive rebound percentage and and that is really scary when it comes to to beating the 2-3 zone and beating Syracuse particularly this year where the Orange have not only been crushed on the glass on a few occasions, but it's basically every single time led to its doom. Yeah, I mean, that's an extremely scary. 
Uh, and I think that was one of the big reasons that Baylor wasn't a good matchup for Syracuse coming into the 2019 tournament, the last one that was played, because Baylor was a great rebounding team. A lot of people saying Syracuse had that game as a nine seed, but I just didn't see it. And then Baylor won. Uh, but you talking about their, their rebounding capabilities reminds me of the UNC game Syracuse won by just two points. They got massively out-rebounded in that game, but what they did was hit their shots. If Syracuse comes in and hits their shots, I don't think they're going to have much of an issue. But in that game, it wasn't just Buddy Beheim. You had Quincy Garrett who put up 18 as well. So you're going to need more support. I think uh, if you're going to go in and, and really shock the nation again and take down West Virginia, you're going to need Buddy to have some kind of support, whether that comes from a struggling Alan Griffin, a revitalized Joe Girard, uh, a bounce-back performance from Quincy Garrier or the constant you get from Marek Dolajai every night, Buddy's going to need to shoot the lights out, and you're going to have to have somebody who can score alongside him. Okay, let's let's get back to that in a moment with, with Buddy and the Syracuse offense. But when it comes down to uh, defensive rebounding, to me, it, it's Jesse. Now, Jesse Edwards was the difference against North Carolina. The, the Tar Heels are obviously the best offensive rebounding team in the country just an incredibly overwhelming backcourt and Syracuse on big Monday had to win this game against UNC. This started the entire run into March madness, the Clemson game to follow and then the ACC tournament. But it was really Jesse Edwards coming in there and just battling and making it so much harder on the UNC front court on the glass. And I think we'll need to see a similar thing here. One of the biggest differences, as we talked yesterday of, of Syracuse this year, is just Bayheim's willingness to play the bench. And to me, this needs to be a game where Jesse comes in and changes the, the dynamic on the defensive glass in favor of Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that UNC game like I talked about as well. That was the coming out game, really, for Jesse to be a huge part of this lineup. I think he does need to be gigantic in this game, and he was huge last night against San Diego State. The numbers don't really show it too much, but he was active on both ends of the floor. He got rebounds when he really needed to get them, and when this team really needed them to keep their tempo going and the momentum in their favor, I think if Jesse can come in and be effective when the team really needs him to be, it'll change the entire mojo. Yeah. Now, I, I think if, if you're listening to this pod so far, I feel like we've been kind of hyping up West Virginia and not giving – I think you, if, if you came in neutral, you'd probably think Syracuse is in some trouble here. Now, let's kind of flip the coin here because we've given, we've given the respect to the Mountaineers, and they deserve it. But I also think that there are some, some good signs for Syracuse and some things that, that suggest that, that they could be – uh, that they could have a, a good time in this game and they can maybe pull off the win. And one of those things is West Virginia's defense, which you mentioned they're an offensive team this year, not the traditional Bob Huggins team. They give up a lot of open threes. According to Synergy, West Virginia allows the fourth highest open jump shots percentage in the country. That, to me, is a, a red flag against the current iteration of Syracuse. Yeah, but the reason... Uh, West Virginia fans shouldn't – I don't mean to, to, to continue to hype up West Virginia, but just to go back to Huggins, I think he's going to make a good adjustment and change that. But on paper, it does look very good for Syracuse, of course, after a game in which Buddy Beheim took over and showed that if you give him any kind of space, he's going to drill one. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a team that can shoot when they really need to. And that's what we've seen down the stretch this year in the regular season, as well as the ACC tournament, now the NCAA tournament. So if Syracuse can hit their shots and get open shots, it's going to be a game that the Orange can win pretty, pretty simply. I mean, right. it comes down to this for Syracuse. If, if the Orange hit their contested shots and they hit their open shots, they win the game. If they can't hit their shots and they allow Derek Culver to take over on the inside, both on the defensive and offensive end, they're going to lose big. So it's fairly simple, but it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if if the Orange can continue the success from three. I think Joe Girard really uh, came on strong, especially in the first half against San Diego State, and that'll be important for the Orange's perimeter uh, presence, rather. And then Alan Griffin, who we're kind of just waiting on him to re-enter the conversation here. And I think that will probably be a key as well, because this is this is going to be a tougher test than San Diego State. I mean, I think you can pretty much book it. If you just look at what West Virginia does on offense, it's, it's just levels above the Aztecs. Now, defensively, they might be worse than San Diego State. No, that might be the truth, but... I, I still think when you look at how they offensively rebound the ball and you look at the interior presence with Culver and how Syracuse has struggled against bigs, it's going to take a complete offensive performance for Syracuse. I agree, 100%. And, and we don't know what we're going to get from Alan Griffin tomorrow. I mean, it's a, it's a complete and utter question mark. And you got to assume that Coach Bayheim has been in his ear plenty saying, you got to play your role in this team. You can't just go out there and try to be Michael Jordan every time down the floor because it's just not going to roll. It's not going to happen. He had some good defensive possessions yesterday, but really he's got to be a guy who comes in, makes a shot when you need him to. He's got to be a little bit of a Robert Braswell. I mean, Braswell gets an open three, he drills it. That's what you need Alan Griffin to do. You don't necessarily need him to be the second option every time down the floor, especially if Buddy's hitting his shots, but you need it to be something that you can re- you can rely on at any given time. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned Braswell as well when I rattled off the the perimeter threats for Syracuse because he's been so good since starting the season 0 of 12. I mean, he's up in the high 30s percentage-wise. Um, when it comes to Buddy, look, obviously Syracuse is going to be a, a nightmare, a nightmare to knock out of this tournament if Bayheim doesn't cool off. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That's kind of first and foremost there. Syracuse probably won't lose until Buddy cools off. Yeah, I mean, that guy's on fire. I think he's the hottest player in college basketball right now, and you can usually ride the hottest player in college basketball right now. So if he doesn't cool off, they're going to be a nightmare for any opponent. West Virginia will probably put Miles McBride on him. Now, I can't say that I've poured over the film um, like, uh, what's his name, Mike Schmitz or anything like that, but – they, he is regarded as an elite defender. So that'll be something interesting to watch. San Diego State tried a million different guys, and nobody could stop Buddy. Plus, you, know, you have Virginia, Reese Beekman on, on Buddy. That's, a, that's an elite defender right there, even though he's only a freshman. So let's see if McBride can bother Buddy more than some of the other defenders that he's seen as of late have been able to do. But to be honest, when – when Buddy is shooting the way that he is, I don't know how defendable it is. Are you are you on the on my uh, yeah? I was there? Mention, I was going to say, you know, when there's a player that is this hot, I don't think it matters who's on him. You could put Dennis Rodman on him. I don't think Buddy's going to miss too many shots last night. It just wasn't going to happen. Whoever was was guarding him. I mean, you've seen him. It, it's difficult for him to catch a pass. Usually, I mean, 
He'll, he'll fire out from his screen, catch a pass with a guy all over him. He'll turn, shoot, drain it. It's, it's, I don't think mm-hmm. anybody in the world can stop him when he's at his height. So if he keeps shooting confidently and he keeps feeling it, I think that any defender is going to have trouble with him. It doesn't really matter who you are. I would point to one more thing in this game, which is that Syracuse has a lot more momentum. West Virginia came into the tournament having lost three of its last four games, and they were against really good teams. One was to Baylor in overtime, so that's almost, that's almost more impressive as a loss than your typical win would be. But then they lost twice in a row to Oklahoma State um, with a win against TCU, not very impressive in between there, and then finally beating Moorhead State. So West Virginia – didn't come in with the the maximum amount of confidence that I think a team can have while Syracuse did. That's another interesting thing to watch. Overall, though, West Virginia 7-7 seven and seven in Quadrant 1 games and gave both Gonzaga and Baylor, as I just mentioned, a run for their money. So it's a good resume. That's why it's a three seed, and that's why Syracuse will will come in as an underdog in this one once again. Any final thoughts, Bones, and a prediction? Final thoughts, uh, just to touch on their resume, just like you did a little bit. They only lost to teams that are in the tournament. They have a really good resume. They've played a lot of really, really good competition this year. Only lost to teams that are very, very talented. If Syracuse is to win this one, it's going to be because Buddy Beheim continues to be the, the a man on fire. Um, and I think he will continue to be a man on fire. I'm going to take Syracuse in the, this one to, to shock the nation. I love it. Yeah, um, I'm actually with you. I think – First of all, and I don't know if this goes without saying, but the, I would say the first two months version of Syracuse basketball would get absolutely demolished by this West Virginia team. And this sounds crazy to say, but I think a guy like Jesse Edwards makes a huge difference in a game like this. Marek can play aggressively, not have to worry about foul trouble on Culver, and, and Jesse Edwards can do the same. Having two in there to plug up the middle – and I, I love the way that Garrier and Robert Braswell have really helped out on the interior from the forwards positions as well. Braswell, a big defensive step up from Alan Griffin. These things have been huge. And I'm pretty confident that Syracuse will be able to find threes and score against West Virginia. It's all about getting the stops. And you know what? Extra minutes for Jesse Edwards and, and him stepping up and Braswell playing a role in the defensive end. That's really all I need to see. And I'm picking Syracuse as well with the upset. I love to hear that we're, we're in agreement. <laughs> all right. Well, um, it will take place on Sunday, 515 Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I got it at the end. Um, the home of the Indiana Pacers. And I just hope that the environment is as good as it was at Hinkle because that was a lot of fun. Uh, We will both be in the building, and we will have our reaction after the game with another edition of Fizz and Indy. Hope you enjoyed this one, and enjoy the game.